Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Crawley, and this is actually a jam-packed Thursday edition. Sometimes Wednesdays are hit and miss. This one was a hit. There's no, In fact, there's there was so much, we're not even going to have time to get to what we normally would be discussing, and that would be the Fed Minutes. The meeting was kind of as you would expect, so we actually have more to get to. We're not even going to get to the Fed Minutes. That's how much happened on Wednesday, but we're going to start with the all-important weekly data that we always get on Wednesday, and that is from the Mortgage Bankers Association looking at rates and mortgage demand, and well, we knew it was going to happen eventually. There's no way it was going to keep going up, especially with what's happening with home prices and mortgage rates, but mortgage demand fell for the first time in about a month. I mean, it was three weeks in a row. Mortgage demand was up. This is the first time we've seen it drop in the last four weeks. It was bound to happen. But here's what's interesting. So demand fell both purchases and refis. But the year-over-year data actually fell. (laughs) I mean, I should say um, it actually got smaller with regards to the comparison year-over-year. So let me explain. So purchases, the purchase index was down 4%. But year over year, it was down 17%. But that is actually down from last week when it was up week over week, but was down 24% year over year. So if that makes any sense. (laughs) So we actually saw, even though demand fell, it kind of actually increased year over year, despite the fact that it's still down. I think that makes sense. <laughs> Refis, of course. Yes, they are down uh, down 8% week over week and are now down 78% year over year, which is also an improvement from last week when it was down 80% year over year. So interestingly enough, purchase demand and refi demand both falling, but the year over year comparison actually got better. That was a much better way of explaining it. Why did I not do that the first time? And this is a podcast. I could just go back and re-record it, but I'm, I'm already this far. I'm, I'm, I'm committed. I'm over two minutes. I'm almost three minutes in. I got to keep going. Keep going here on the Markets and Mortgages podcast. So the refinance share of mortgage activity has now fallen back under 30%. It is now at 29.6%. And the adjustable rate mortgage share of activity decreased to 9.5% of total applications. And after a parabolic rise, rates have now fallen two weeks in a row. There's just so many surprises (laughs) with what's happening in housing and mortgages. The Mortgage Bankers Association has the 30-year fixed falling 10 points week over week to 5.74% for the week ending July the 1st. Rates are now up 254 basis points from one year ago, which is slightly better, once again, than last week's year-over-year comparison when it was 260 bips higher. So, good news. (laughs) It's only 250 basis points higher than the same time last year. Remember it was almost like 300? So yeah, 250 is actually, looks like a discount. Uh, The Mortgage Bankers Association also had the 15-year fixed at under 5% at 4.96%. That was a 10-bip drop. 
And the 5-1 arm is now down just two basis points to 4.62%. Now, here's something that's interesting. So, Joel Kahn, the economist over at the Mortgage Bankers Association, noted that rates have fallen, but affordability issues are still putting downward pressure on demand, noting that, quote, mortgage rates have increased sharply thus far in 2022, but have fallen 24 basis points over the past two weeks. Rates are still significantly higher than they were a year ago, which is why applications for home purchases and refinances remain depressed. Purchase activity is hamstrung by ongoing affordability challenges and low inventory, and homeowners still have reduced incentive to apply for refinance. So we're going to get into affordability because there was a big report from Black Knight that we're going to be talking about uh, with regards to affordability falling to, I think it's a 40-year low. But I did want to point out that it's interesting that we had our first negative week for mortgage demand when you saw rates fall for the second week in a row. And so it does highlight there's something else going on. And I do believe that is affordability, which we're going to get to in just a second. But I did want to ask this one question. What happened to the... um, arm apocalypse. Remember like a couple months ago, all of a sudden, you know, rates really started spiking. And then all of a sudden customers were looking at getting adjustable rate mortgages and everyone's like, "Uh Oh, here we go again. Here we go. This is it. Everyone's doing the adjustable rates again. It's going to be horrible. And if you listen to this podcast, well, you would know that we pointed out that arms are nothing like they were in the mid aughts. And that the arms nowadays, you have to qualify for that adjusting rate. And that really was just about cost saving. It wasn't about you couldn't qualify for a normal mortgage like was the problem in the mid 2000s. This was just about saving money. And rates have risen and dropped. And we've seen the arms sort of just hover at around 10% of total application activity, but it hasn't gone anywhere. Nowhere near the, I think it was like 30% is what we saw in the mid 2000s. And it's just so funny how this huge threat to the housing and how it proved that 2008 was here again. And oh no, we didn't learn anything and just disappeared. Gone. No one's talking about it. You can't can't listen to the hucksters, man, or the grifters or whatever you want to call them because they, it's just, it's, they don't know enough. And they just see something and they go, oh, that looks a lot like what happened before. And so therefore what's happening now must be the same thing that happened before. And then they run with these scare tactics and these terrifying headlines. And the reality is, is that it was nothing close to what we saw in the mid 2000s. But here is something that is similar to the 2000s. In fact, it's actually worse. And I don't mean to be hyperbolic here. (laughs) I don't mean to be playing into that scary headline, but affordability is a problem. There is no doubt about that. In fact, it's surprising that we haven't seen more of a slowdown considering what is happening with affordability. So the latest mortgage monitor report from Black Knight, this is for the month of May. It showed a slowdown with regards to home prices like we've continued to see. We saw it with Case Schiller at the end of last month. We just saw it earlier this week with the CoreLogic Home Price Index. Now we're seeing it with the Black Knight Mortgage Monitor Report, which has their own home price index, and they have home prices slowing to 19.3% from 20.4% in April. In fact, this is the largest single-month deceleration since 2006, which, uh, 
alarm bells. Everyone's there standing up in the bed. Oh no, 2006. Don't make that comparison. There are differences. We're going to get to it. Despite the yearly slowdown though, prices were still up 1.5% month over month, which is twice the historical average for May. So things are slowing down, but they're still from a historical perspective, very hot. And that's something we need to remind ourselves of. That I mean, we're still looking at well above double digit. I mean, we're, we're at 20%, almost 20% year over year home price appreciation. Those That's an insane number. Just because it's not 22% doesn't mean that, oh no, things are about to fall apart. But it does highlight that we have to be getting close to a ceiling. And there was some good news in this report for wannabe home buyers. And that is inventory levels are rising. We've been hearing about this from Altos who's been doing a good job of highlighting weekly increases in inventory for about, they were the first ones that pointed out that inventory fell to all-time lows in January. And they were one of the first to show, hey, inventory levels are starting to rise again. And we're seeing this in other ports or reports. Uh, May saw the largest single month increase in inventory in more than five years. So that's, that's pretty good. Um, with active listings volume rising by 107,000. Now, unfortunately, because inventory levels have been just so depressed, um, this big jump, while big, still isn't getting us close to fixing this deficit. So the deficit of active listings is still negative 60%, which is better than last month. It was negative 67%. But we are still about 770,000 active listings away from where we should be in a normal market. So inventory levels rising, but still a big shortage, which is why you're still seeing these big price increases week over week, or I should say month over month and year over year. And here's the real problem. This is the real issue for housing right now. And that is affordability. There is no doubt that is a big problem. And it's getting worse every single month when home prices are rising by one to 2%. So every month you're pricing more people out of the market, especially with what rates are doing. But here is where we are with regard. This is the actual data, just to give you an idea of where we are. So as of mid-June 2022, it now takes 36.2% of the median household income to make a mortgage payment on the average price home. This is higher than the mid 2000s peak when it was at 34%, and it's the highest level we've seen since the mid 80s. Now, this I guess is some good news because things could be worse. If you look at the chart they have with this report, I think in the 70s, it reached like 60%, <laughs> which just sounds, insane but yeah for for a couple years it was like well above 50 almost at like the 60 percent level and that's actually true today depending on what market you're in for example los angeles i know shock right california the place where you can't build anything or at least haven't been able to for a while uh where the average price home now requires a monthly payment uh, or excuse me a, a monthly payment of principal and interest that is equal to 73% of the median household income. So in 
Los Angeles, it is the 1970s with regards to affordability. And that's also because of the issues that we've talked about that here on the podcast in California. I mean, you have some people who don't even make a hundred thousand dollars and they live in million dollar homes. And a lot of it's because of, uh, was it proposition? Uh, I can't remember what it is, but it lets you lock in, you know, these low taxes. And so you have people who've been living in these homes for 20 years and they're paying very low property tax so they can continue to live there. And they probably paid the house off or whatever. And the property tax is almost next to nothing because they can't really increase it. And so they can still live there, even though the price of the home has skyrocketed probably well into the seven figures. And so California is a mess, but man, 73%. So yeah, things are bad nationwide at 36.2%, but my gosh, nothing compared to what is happening in Los Angeles. And with rates expected to remain elevated and inventory levels expected to reach a more normalized level, hopefully, um, more than likely you're going to see home prices slow and probably quicker than some people are expecting because we, you know, we think that by now we'd be seeing more evidence of a slowdown and we're really not. It's like a little bit, you know, as we just pointed out, 1%, something like that. But I think we're going to see a brick wall <laughs> with regards. We're going to hit that ceiling hard. And if you remember, we talked about this earlier this week from that CoreLogic report, Selma Hep, deputy chief economist for CoreLogic, noted in that report that they expect to see a rapid deceleration in the rate of growth over the coming year. And that's why we've heard about possible corrections of around 5% nationwide. Some markets might be different, but overall about a 5% correction as rates rise and inventory levels also increase competition. And this is going to be a shock to the market, but it's definitely what is needed. I mean, we're, we're reaching a level of affordability that it's, it's a problem. And then we got rents that are also unaffordable. And so this is a good thing that we are going to see hopefully a quick slowdown of home price growth and then maybe a slight pullback. And I, you know, I was looking on Twitter the last couple of days and I've been hearing a lot. Uh, well, a lot from people that I trust, you know, you always have like the, the doomsdayers out there. And like I said, the grifters who are here comes the housing crash and look at my data and it's always horrible data, but I, people that I trust, like people like Bill McGride over at calculated risk blog and people, um, Mike Simonson over at Altos and others who have pointed out that you are seeing sort of localized markets where you are seeing some real drops, big drops in week over week, month over month sales data. And because of that, you're seeing price corrections to listing prices. People are dropping their prices. And so I think that this slowdown in prices is going to happen pretty quick. Um, That's what the data looks like now. I will let you know if it changes, but it looks like we are going to see a pretty abrupt slowdown in prices, which is great. That's good because look where affordability is. This is not good level. This is not sustainable. You know, the, when you have prices at this height, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be a problem for the housing market. So this is actually a good thing that we might see a faster slowdown. So it's like by the time we get the evidence that it's happening, it's going to be like, boom, <laughs> it's boom prices. We're going to hit that ceiling, I think, pretty quick. And before we go, I did want to talk about 
job openings because it is jobs week and we get a lot of job data. For example, today we're getting the ADP private payroll report and initial jobless claims. And then, of course, Friday's the NARM farm payroll. But we got jolts. One of the few times where the jolts report happens to line up with these other job reports. And surprising. <laughs> no, there's no other way to say this. Job openings fell at the end of May, according to the latest data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but nowhere near what they were expecting. They thought that job openings were going to drop to 11 million, and instead they fell to 11.3 million from 11.4 million the prior month. I mean, that's, that's, that's almost like statistically insignificant. Uh, the decline was thanks to a 325,000 drop in professional and business services, followed by durable goods manufacturing lost about 138 and non-durable goods manufacturing lost about 70,000. And as I said, economists were projecting it to fall to 11 million flat. So it fell, but barely. And with this small drop, we really haven't seen an end to the so-called great resignation, all these people quitting their jobs. And like I said, that's been kind of a mix. We've talked about that here on the podcast before. Some people were reporting that, hey, it was great that I quit my job. I found a better job. I got more pay, better hours, whatever it may be. Others quitting and going, well, it turns out the grass isn't greener. And some of them went back to their previous job because the opening was probably still there because there are so many job openings. So the number of quits was pretty much unchanged at 4.3 million uh, quits increased the most in arts, entertainment, and recreation, which saw a 19,000 jump. And then, interestingly enough, quits fell the most in real estate and rental and leasing. Yeah, a lot of people in real estate concerned about this market. Probably not going to see a lot of quits, just pointing that out. I mean, unfortunately, we've seen layoffs in a lot of industries. Um especially the mortgage industry. But yeah, you're you're probably not going to see a lot of quits right now because a lot of places are not going to be hiring. And so you have nowhere to go. And so you, that's not surprising that you saw that drop there. And then because there are so many openings and, and workers still have the upper hand right now, the number of layoffs was also almost pretty much unchanged at 1.4 million layoffs and discharges increased in wholesale trade by 24,000 and in the federal government by 4,000. That's crazy. I don't think the federal government fired anybody. <laughs> you better get 4,000 people. And it's, I got to tell you, it's kind of weird because, you know, I, I was watching the market all day yesterday and the big discussion was, you know, oil prices dropping and other commodities just like plummeting. And so you got commodity prices falling. You got bond yields falling as well. Everyone's you know leaving the stock market, going into bonds. And so, I mean, this is like textbook recession. You know, we've heard talk about Q2 possibly being negative, which of course, negative Q1, negative Q2. That is what happens when you have a recession, two quarters negative. And yet the labor market, Titus can be 11.3 million jobs. And the last report that we got from the Department of Labor, 1.3 million continuing jobless claims. So that's like, what is that? Eight to one, nine to one. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's nuts. You have eight job openings for every one person looking. How does that 
it, it, it's so weird. Things are so weird. And I've noticed a lot of trend, a lot of people talking about that. Like I've been in finance for a while and things are weird. <laughs> this is a weird time. I mean, we're, we're almost in a recession and yet we're being told we're in a recession and yet we have 11 million job openings. It, it's weird. There's no other way to say it. I'm not even gonna try and pretend there's some technical analysis. It's weird. That's that's my technical analysis. <laughs> oh man. All right, so as I mentioned, we got a lot of jobs data coming out later today. We're gonna talk about it, of course, on Friday's edition of Markets and Mortgages. You guys, enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you back here Friday morning. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.